0: Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What is up, everybody? I have Jim to my right. Across from us, repeat guest, Rob Morrell. We're talking today about tires. Why are we talking about tires, Jim? Not because cars are like your most favorite thing in the world, even though hunting should be. We're talking about tires because these are the things that take us hunting in general. You got to get to where you're going. For most of us, that's going to be your vehicle. And uh, it's a very important component. And actually, for me, I got a lot of questions today, not asking for a friend, asking for me a couple years ago, Jim, I went to go hunt Montana. And I didn't have good tires on my truck. Mm -hmm. Muckenhearn was trying to convince me that I needed new tires before I went. I was trying to squeak one last hunt out of them. I told him that when the wires stick out, that just creates more traction. Mm, Interesting approach. And uh, I got a flat. Shockingly, got a flat. And we ended up, because in our haste, we ditched my truck on the side of the road. I loaded all my, we had a couple vehicles. Uh, We loaded all my stuff, put his vehicle loaded to the gills, made it up, hunted for the week, and then uh, he, uh, he had to go back to town to do some other stuff, so he actually bought me a tire with a wheel.
1: What and, and, then uh, that, uh,
0: and then
2: that old wheel and tire remained in your old F-150 in the bed, taking up valuable space for probably the better part of a year and four months. It I was think?
1: always at the ready, though. You could always but look at it, it as wasn't a traction, traction enabler on that rear axle, too, for the truck. Sure, a little extra, yeah, weight. A little extra weight. It weight wasn't
2: ready because it was still wrong, though. Am I, am I mistaken
0: in that, or did you get it fixed? So it was a fixed mm. tire sitting there. Yeah, no, it was fine. Yeah, it was f- perfectly good spare. It was fixed. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, it was good. I uh, my other, I, I had yeah, all the tires were for proper working. Okay, order. got it. so you had five. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, okay, five that worked. So, but um, here's the deal though, I bought new tires for that truck. Right, they were great tires. You, did. you got general, actually, I general ATs, AT2s, general, general Grabber AT2s. Yeah, and then I actually sold that truck. Not long, somebody got a really nice set of tires with that truck. Sure. Now I have a new truck. I'm back to having essentially street tires on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, and Rob will get into this, I think what you need to realize
2: is, and the reason we're talking about tires, Mark, you said it's one of the most important things. I would say, uh, Rob, and I'm curious your thoughts, it's the most important thing. Because even if, even if you don't even have a motor at all in the truck, let's say there's something magical about that truck that you still enjoy having along with you, you can still tow it Okay, along with you. You know, you could tow it behind you, behind an RV or something like that, if it really meant that much to you, sentimental or something. But you got no tires.
0: Bad news. I on mean, the unless highway.
2: yeah, unless you're getting a flatbed tow truck to take you across country, it ain't happening.
0: It ain't going anywhere. No,
2: no. Those are the they in well, at least in theory, they should be probably the only parts of your truck touching the ground the whole way out there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, very, very important. Um, Rob, what would you say? No, I agree. I mean, it's it's what's connecting your vehicle to the ground, super important, not super sexy, which is, I think, why people don't look at it a whole lot, right? They look at adding more power, adding more suspension travel, or new wheels even, which wheels and tires, you know, are, are coupled together literally and figuratively. But, yeah, tires are like, I don't know, I've got this weird... Uh, excitement around them don't know maybe as much as uh, you know other people out there on them but just something I for whatever reason have a fascination with and it's something that like it's probably the single biggest impact that you can have by changing a tire to how your vehicle drives yeah and how it feels and if you look at all the other things there's a lot of you know that I talked about with power or suspension or handling stuff there's generally multiple things you need to change in order to realize kind of a meaningful benefit but tires is almost like you know day one I mean I hear people say this all the time holy cow I just got a new set of tires on my vehicle I can't believe how much better it drives Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
2: yeah well, your, your fascination with tires is exactly why we brought you on here. And yeah, I think that that is so true. How many times do you have people, even if it's just, let's say just noise, mm-hmm. people get used to the drone in their car from old, tired out, dry, tie, you know, dry rotted, whatever it is, tires, maybe they're cupping or something's going on. We'll talk more about this. I'm sure they switch to a new set and all of a sudden they can hear themselves think. While mm-hmm. they're going down the road, their gas mileage increases. The ride quality is is sometimes dramatically better. I found that, especially in the case of the heavy duty. I'm going to call them out right now. Ford F350s mm-hmm. and F250s. Those things ride like a bag of rocks. Yeah, <laughs> and you put you <laughs> sun, like from the factory, and eh, I get it. They're big heavy duty truck made to tow stuff mm-hmm. and all that. But yeah, I mean, but, they, I mean if you're need- not. If you're not doing all the towing of, you know, giant uh, gooseneck trailers and things like that, you find that they ride terribly. And, and a lot of people I've known put different tires on them, and the ride quality is already just in that in and of itself it's so much better.
0: I but, feel like, uh, you know, I've heard the analogy before. You know, people like, oh, I got no new shoes for my truck or new shoes for my—you know, referring to tires as shoes. But then, like, thinking about it, you think about, like, the different types of shoes the person can put on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, you could put on high heels. Jim, you wear heels a lot. That's not gonna be very comfortable, uh, Look, you know. But you put on a pair of these is uh, supposed to cover that up. That's why we have all these <laughs> tables and tires in front of you. <laughs> you put a pair of these uh, nice uh, old school Salconies on, which actually, Jim. So <laughs> what you're rocking on? Oh, nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you I'll know, hold it up for the audience here. If you know where to find these oh, anymore, boy. I was mowing the lawn on these the other day. I can tell. Uh, I think they quit making them, Jim. Yeah. I've been wearing this shoe for like the last like yeah it looks like eight years. Tread right no, on my, the bottom uh, of that, my cool sandals that
2: everybody gives me a lot of crap for. Her. The whole bottom of them is made out of snow tires.
1: No
0: kidding.
2: Yeah, just cut out a, yeah. yeah, they just cut a sandal out of a, out of a snow tire and put some straps on it and send you on your way. It's
1: kind of an My, interesting design because it's a sandal, so it's going to be pretty uncomfortable, like from a temperature standpoint in the snow. In the snow. That is actually ironic. But uh, interesting we're, marketing. We're a little off topic. Sorry. Uh, All right. Kind of. Somewhat. I digress. Um,
2: but anyway, so if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice that there are actually tires and wheels on the table. So I brought along some visual aids. And uh, and and Rob, you can help us break these things down now. Sure. What are we talking about? First off, like different types of tires that are going to be used frequently on trucks. We know many of you are probably driving SUVs as well. Your hunt rig. Generally speaking, we're going to be seeing more of, uh, you know, from the more benign all season.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: We've got all terrain. We've got mud terrain. We've got then all these other weird little
1: spinoffs like Mm -hmm. mud and snow and all that. Like what? Mm -hmm. What
2: are these categories?
1: Yeah. So I think all season tires are kind of an increasingly more popular uh, style of tire. And I am not a very big fan of all-season tires. Yeah, I affectionately call them no-season tires because they can kind of handle all of the seasons in a pinch, but they don't really do any of them well. They're kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type of tire. Um, And I would say they typically work better in mild to warmer climates. They're really quite bad in snow. Um, So they're kind of more of a softer tire compound that'll do better in kind of moderate and and warmer temperatures Mm -hmm. i've had those on vehicles in the past that's where they did okay and then in the snow they were not good borderline i won't say that they're dangerous i didn't feel as comfortable or as confident driving with them so that's kind of your all-season tire then you've got an all-terrain tire and all seasons are primarily just going to be for on over the road uh, type of driving then you've got an all-terrain tire, which this is one of them. Mm-hmm. These are designed for more, I'd say, for primarily over the road. But if you want to do a little, you know, weekend off-roading, um, you're not going to be getting into stuff that's super gnarly, mud, rock. These are generally going to be a good pick for you uh, for a couple of reasons. One is they'll do better in the colder temperatures. Um, you can't really maybe see super well here, but the way that this tread is designed, there's a couple of different things that are going on. I don't know, You've got so you've got what are these like little squigglies on here? They're called sipes, and so this works to kind of pump out any water or snow that gets down into here and kind of keep this tread block dry. And and yeah, those are kind of like
0: the, the, the skinnier little fissures that are kind of like not the main tread, right? Right, basically, instead of it being
2: really big, giant, blank, uh, flat lugs on this thing, which we might see some of on that mud tire over right. there. But, yeah, you've got all these other extra little uh, little openings in the tread. I
0: yeah. was also I was also reading, Jim, uh, via my, my printouts that on uh, a previous episode of Spaghetti Shootout, which a person can check out <laughs> on the Vortex Nation podcast YouTube page, you called them my damn printouts. But there's a lot of good information in here. And they were saying about the sipes mm-hmm. that they also like help kind of they'll kind of like expand and grip as well
1: yeah so yeah it allows for that tread block to open up a little bit depending on how it's being loaded and get a little bit more uh, contact patch so really kind of what what you're trying to do with a tire at the end of the day is you're trying to have the the most amount of contact with the medium you're driving over and how the tire is designed whether it's the tread pattern or the compound or the you know the individual tread block is really kind of tailored towards doing those things as well as it can and then when you get into the kind of that all go back to that all season tire it's really trying to do a whole lot across the whole width of the tire and therefore you don't really have the ability to doing any one thing super well yeah these are a little bit better just because of you have a little bit less variability um, and some symmetry going across from the middle down uh, to the outside and then uh, also the compound is a little bit different uh, than what's selected for an all season tire. Mm-hmm. We
2: but, have this little tire over here that I also brought in. This is this is kind of an all season tire. It's it's pretty flat right now, so you can see, you know, for one, knowing that it's not designed entirely to be off road a lot. You know, really soft. You know, this sidewall here is also really soft and easy to be punctured by things like rocks and other mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you know, this whole this whole tire all you got to do is sometimes look at the look at an AT uh in an all season or sometimes you'll see A-S for mm-hmm. all season yep. next to each other and you can just tell that there's so much more there's so much more heft to this AT understanding that people encounter yeah rocks and all sorts of other things that are trying to poke into the tire so you got kind of a heavier uh thicker meatier carcass here for sure and uh you know inherently i think much like with optics we find ourselves we say optics are a game of trade-offs hmm tires are always a game of trade-offs you For know sure I mean? and yeah. so you're probably going to by stepping up to a more aggressive meteor tougher tire like this you may see a decrease in things like your ride quality your gas mileage or you know just road and, noise road, road noise. noise yeah, yeah mm-hmm. other, little, other little things like that but it's because that you have consciously chosen that you wanted to put
1: your eggs more so in the off-road basket right right for sure and um, uh, comparison optics is a great one because I mean you're you're generally talking about trade-offs with field of view and eye relief or eye box and magnification and things like that and tires are, are very similar with like tread wear and, and wet traction dry traction snow traction you know how well is it going to do uh, off-road and things like that uh, road noise uh, noise vehicle and heart, uh, vibration and heart harshness NVH all those things, and so yeah, if you you go kind of uh, along the spectrum from an all season tire to maybe an all all terrain tire, and then you like kind of turn it up to eleven on the on the off road performance, but like almost down to a two or a three on kind of the on road performance, mm-hmm. then you get into kind of the mud tire, and that's where I mean you were talking about this being beefier and a, a thicker sidewall compared to this all, all season little guy off your Datsun. <laughs> um, then I mean you get over to a mud tire and your sidewall is super rigid. The tire is generally going to be heavier. The tread blocks on this guy are going to be way meatier, and uh, they're going to probably have some features in here. These look like they're, they're um, they got space for for studs um, if you wanted mm-hmm. to run that as well. And the tread block here, I don't know if you'll be able to see it super well, but is way different than that. They're they're bigger. They're chunkier. You don't have any of the sipes in here. But again, this is. This is designed to kind of cut through mud, maybe a little bit of sand with this rib here, um, but really kind of get through that stuff and get to the hard ground that's underneath. And then these tread blocks are are also, they have a little bit of a draft angle in here. So these are are what you'd call a self-cleaning tire. And so as the the tire is rotating, uh, these draft angles allow for the mud or, or rock or whatever that gets stuck in here to, again, work its way out of the tread. Um, because if it gets stuck in here, you essentially just have a huge bald tire where mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get any traction um, and get moving um, through the mud and, and real nasty stuff off-road. Yeah, yeah not,
2: I mean, not just that, too, but eventually once you find yourself back on the road, you want that crap to get out of there as well, because mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to be imbalancing the tire and the wheel, and you're going to have all kinds of awful driving characteristics uh, with that in there as well. That's so. a
1: good fun tip. If you feel your car driving super weird, your truck driving super weird, Get out. Take a look at the tires. You know, uh, again, not a very sexy thing, but if you see a huge rock like lodged in, you know, between a couple of the tread blocks, that mm. could be it. Depending on, you know, where it is, um, how big it is, or how many of them are in there, um, you know, that sort of thing. So
2: wheel balance is a is a huge thing, and you know, we're kind of talking tires here, but I know uh, in Wisconsin, it a lot of it will depend too on your wheel design. But in Wisconsin, I once had a set of snow tires and. Usually us folks around here up north uh, a lot of us will get a set of you know cheapy uh wheels mounted to some nice snow tires mm-hmm. that we yeah, just like these steelies Yeah like some steelies. or something you just you toss the whole setup on in the winter that way you don't have to go into a tire shop and dismount your summer tires and mount up your winter tires so I threw on the, the winter wheels and tires. I got them newer for that car, and I hadn't used that wheel before, and the snow kept getting packed up in the wheels. Mm-hmm. And then some of the snow would fall out or melt up and all that, but then a lot of it would stay compacted in the wheels. And and I it was almost undrivable. Yeah. And not to mention unsafe, too, in, in slippery conditions, because the car is, you know, their contact patch is constantly changing if you're vibrating like that, uh, which is very bad for grip. But, yeah, so I, I would always have to get out, and I'd have to, I'd have to with you know, my hands like poke out all the snow out of the wheels in order to just be
0: able to drive the thing comfortably. Um so yeah. What a pain.
2: What it was a pain. And it so, was
0: kinda of defeating the purpose. You're like, Oh, I want this thing to drive better in the winter and then you're constantly right. having to deal with it not driving good. Yeah,
2: and I was also kinda of like, Oh, this whole wheel and tire set will make it really easy and it made it really hard. So it's yeah. a pain. <laughs>
0: That's just life, sometimes. Going back to what you were saying uh, earlier, Rob, the, like talking about like the differences and the trade-offs. You know, mm-hmm. I would have to think like because of that, when a person is selecting a tire, and it's kind of like the classic thing: what are you going to use it for? Like, same with optics, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I need I need a good scope for deer hunting. Okay, well, what kind of deer hunting? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I need a good tire for hunting. Okay, well, what what kind of one? like you like you said earlier, Jim? Do I need a good tire that's my daily driver? And I'm gonna, you know, I need it to handle the gravel when I turn into into the parking area, or I'm gonna be only on, you know, gravel roads, oh maybe a little gosh. bit of mud, or am I really, you know, overlanding, off-roading, you know, in the mountains and mud, you know, like you it's, gotta do an assessment. Can I can I give my rant now? Talk about the assessment.
2: Can I give my uh, make an assessment? Um, so and then Rob, by all means, weigh in on this rant as well, disagree or agree, whatever. But I think everybody needs to do a really hard look at what they actually need their rig, truck, SUV, whatever it is to do come hunting season. And it's it's been a really popular thing on social media these days for people to build out these just insane overlanding rigs. Um, you know, it's got a kitchen in it. It's got a bathroom, a shower, you know, the whole thing. I mean, you're basically fitting your entire house into a Toyota Tacoma, which we all know, of course, is a little tiny, uh, not real truck. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, anyway. At Ryan
0: Muckinhardt. Yeah,
1: mostly at Ryan Muckinhardt.
2: Anybody else with one, I... Yeah,
1: it's Have more, you ever heard good. about Ryan purchasing that Tacoma? And, like, the painstaking... Not painstaking, but, like, how selective he was down to the exact model and trim Isn't level of everything that he wanted? He wasted wanted.
2: all that time and, in the end, still got a Tacoma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you're, you're you're upsetting a lot of people out know, there right I now. Know, I know. I will say this: you know, it in though,
1: jest. when I hear Ryan talk about that story, I wouldn't have done anything differently. And I mean, at least as far as the process goes, I maybe would have selected a different vehicle. At the end of the day, that's neither here nor there. But it's like you hear that story; and it's like, well, this guy really thought through he like did. what he wanted to do, he what did. he with the truck, and like it's it's a gra- he, loves it's, tru- he loves his
0: truck. He loves his truck. It's a great hunting vehicle. I will. So I, you know, I've got the. The Tundee now, you do you know because bigger is better, Jim. We know that, but uh, man, on, on some of those you know small tight roads stuff like that, a smaller truck can be def- and a definite advantage. I'm not going to say that it's they're, not.
2: Yeah, they're not. It's not a bad thing. They're not bad trucks. I just anyway. Uh, I I love to. I love to. We rip like to rib. Com- Ryan. I like to rib Tacoma guys and Ryan <laughs> especially. But um, okay, so I think people though you know everybody's into the overlanding thing and i think everyone gets a grandiose image in their head of like yeah i'm going to i'm going to go cross country and you know i'm going to get to the state that i'm hunting in and boy about the time i get there man i'm going to just hit the hit the trails i'm going to be off road for days and you know my tires my my tires won't hit the pavement for for days and you know i'll be doing miles and miles and miles off road hitting just crazy rock crawling you know sections and i'll be I'll be Baha'ing across deserts and things, and it just it starts getting pretty awesome. I will agree. I would love to do that if you if you know that hunt. Um, let me know because I am going to build a rig to do it with you. But um, <laughs> in reality, what happens is, especially for us, uh, for us Midwesterners and East Coast folks, we hitch up our truck, we load it up with our goodies, we drive on pavement ninety five percent of the time until we get there, and then we just. Basically, go down a gravel road, which any tire, even this poor little all-season over here, is made to be able to accomplish. We drive down a gravel road, we park in a parking lot, and then we uh, we do the rest of the all-terrain and off-roading right.
0: mm-hmm.
2: to our spot. And a lot of times- Invest in a good set of boots.
0: In, indeed, yeah.
2: <laughs> there, there's your real, uh, yeah, right? your real off-road tire. But uh, a lot of times, you run into things where- off-roading isn't even permitted in a lot of areas or mm-hmm. and in, in not even to the level or extent that you think it would be. Sometimes you find a place that, yeah, I can off-road, but only on this trail. You know, you're not going to be able to just free roam, disperse, off-road wherever you wish as much as I think that'd be cool. But that's just not, it's not allowed unless you're on some like crazy awesome private land with an owner who doesn't care. I don't know. But anyway, so I think that maybe not going for the most intense, most extreme off-road tire, and sacrificing comfort on the road, which you'll be doing most of the time. I I don't know if that's the best route to go.
0: Well, probably tire longevity too. Like if you're if you're doing a lot of road time with like a mud terrain tire. I mean, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like a softer tire. It's going to wear down quicker. Yeah, you'll chew like through AT. it a lot faster. You yep. will.
2: You will. And and so I think like. And some people, you know, maybe you got money to burn. And you're like, well, I don't care if I'm wearing through tires. I want these tires anyway because they yep. look awesome. And I know if, if, and there's always the like, well, if I run into that situation, at least I know I'm good. Mm-hmm. But also there are performance aspects on road that I think are important to consider. You know, a, a, a really high performance off-road tire, like a mud terrain tire, it won't perform as well on road. For it's, sure. It's not, you know, that it's, that it's you know, oh yeah, well, I'm just, I'm getting it, you know, just to do better at off-road and everything else will stay the same. It's going to perform less ideally. Gas mileage won't be as good. And and I've mentioned ride quality a couple of times. I have ridden in some vehicles with like intense off-road tires. The ride quality is terrible. Oftentimes they're a big, heavy tire. Rob, maybe, you know, you know stuff about unsprung mass and stuff and your whole setup. I mean, what do you, what do you think about my rant there?
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with pretty much everything you said, I mean, one thing to keep in mind is this sidewall, the tire is basically an extension of your suspension system. So if you look at everything from the ground all the way up to the body, like that whole thing is a mass spring damper system. So when you have, you know, when you have a super rigid sidewall tire, like a mud tire, that is going to inherently be stiffer. So you have a, uh, you're going to have that stiffer element in the whole system design
0: of more like a jarring feeling right you just don't
1: have that extra kind of spring damper effect that you do with a with a softer or super soft by comparison to these two tires sidewall on this all season tire so Yeah. yeah i mean it's um it's really like yeah what what's important to you so if you've got the i think one of the things too that comes down with that's difficult at least for me and why i spend time looking at tires is you don't end up buying them very frequently. It's not like I'm going and buying a gallon of milk every week or I'm buying a toilet paper or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, I really didn't like that thing. I can buy it again next week. It's not a big deal. You're generally running a set of tires for a couple of years and they're pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So you want to have a good feeling that you're getting a you're you're buying you're making the right buying decision. If that's not important to you, you've got the space to have extra sets of wheels and tires like you're talking about. Um, and you've got, you know, the money there, you want to spend the money on that. That's something I spend money on. Tires are important to me. So I, that's typically something where I'll spend more money on a tire than maybe an average person would. Then I would say, just get whatever you want. Right. And it's like, have a set of mud tires. And like, if it's more important for you to be able to get out of whatever scenario you're in and you understand it's going to be a harsher ride, it's going to be louder. You're going to have worse gas mileage. Tires are going to wear faster like have at it and then when you're you know driving your truck every day normal just throw some all terrains on and run that way but um, it's kind
0: of tricky though too though like even if you have that ability like okay for instance like i mean even like when i lived in washington like a lot of our hunts were three to six hours away right mm -hmm. so you have that three to i mean that's like an in-state hunt you still have three to six hours of driving right you know, you might be living in Wisconsin here, you're, you know, going out west to whatever state. You got 10 to 15 to 20 hours of driving. Right. Like, you might want, like, it might be beneficial to have that more aggressive tire once you're there. Right. But you still got to get there. You got to get there. And that's,
1: that's that's what I don't know. And I don't have the answer for that. Do you want to struggle
0: or do you want to be
1: uncomfortable or struggle for the 95% of your trip out to your hunt Mm -hmm. or struggle on the 5% where you're in a little bit more gnarly of a off-road situation than you had planned for where this maybe would have been a breeze to get out of. And this is just going to require a little bit more time and effort with an all-terrain.
2: There's your optics comparison. Like you're going to go on one hunt for coos deer in Arizona once every couple years and you're gonna hunt Midwest Wisconsin for all the other times. Like, do you want to get the 15 by 50s or the 18 by 50 binoculars? Eh, maybe you do, but you know, for for I think the majority of people, if you think about you know what you're gonna be using it for, 80 to 90 percent of the time, you know, it's it's unlikely. But and then you know the other thing is too is you gotta consider what it's gonna be like when you get there as well. You know, those colder temperatures we mentioned, snow, ice. These mud tires over here, and we can go into two, Like I've made specific selections in these cases, and, yeah. and people can uh, can disagree or agree or whatever. But so this is a uh, this is a mud and snow tire, which is kind of interesting. You've st- you started to see some of these uh, these micro categories or whatever uh, or or smaller categories within categories pop up now. Certain aspects of this tire would do well in snow, but it's important to note that you know that says mud and snow. I still wouldn't necessarily think of this as being a phenomenal ice tire, and you know we in Wisconsin have to deal a lot with ice here. Now I think I can maybe stud these, which could help. Yeah, uh, it looks like we got some
1: sockets for them. But yeah. then I mean you got to you got to understand what your uh, local regulations are because some some places are just like no studs doesn't matter. Some right. are um, kind of like polymer or composite studs only, um, and some you can just do whatever you want. You can run, you know, metal studded uh, mm-hmm. tires and whole right. nine on it. So,
2: so, but you know, I picked this tire for a number of reasons. And, and one of the reasons being this is kind of on, I, I did this in lieu of a, of a UTV or something like that on a truck out at, out at our property. And so I knew it was going to be kind of like the farm truck. So indeed I do get into out there a lot of mud and I'm kind of one of those instances where it's like private land, you know, I can kind of go wherever I want. As long as, you know, it's within what I want to do. I don't want the whole thing to be tire tracks. But, you know, I'm going to be in a lot of mud, and I can confirm those do really well in mud. And I'm going to be maybe going through snow in the winter. But I don't anticipate encountering a lot of ice, and I don't anticipate going on tarmac or asphalt a whole lot. Right, it's not your daily driver. Right. So that was kind of, I decided that because I'm like all in on on the heavy-duty off-road stuff. But this tire over here, this is the Yokohoma Geolander. I didn't say Yoko Ono. Uh, <laughs> well, now, is, now you did. Now I did. Now but now uh, but did. Mark and I kept accidentally saying that earlier. <laughs> this is the Yokohama Geolander. I'm not. I'm not actually partial to one particular AT tire. I will say. I've. I think you're I've not. Almost, I've almost tried them all. Falcon Wild Peak, Yokohama Geolander. Uh, you've got the tried Goody-
1: the BFGs at all?
2: I have the ATs and the AT2s, and then the Goodyear Wrangler and the Wrangler Duratrack, and all that stuff. I think if you're in the AT category, what I find everybody. Everybody, when they read reviews about ATs, is they want to see how close to a a full high performance like off road tire yeah. they are, <laughs> and then and then they also want to see then like how crazy off road is that, and then also like how close is it to like an R comp nice street tire, you know what I mean? Because they're like, yeah. can I get the best of both worlds? And right. you can't. No, I think inevitably the, you cannot. Yeah. All the ATs are pretty much like for. Driving really really far distances on road and then going off road a tiny tiny bit to get to a parking spot. Mm-hmm. I think they're
0: all good. I, no. But
2: um, no. but anyway, yeah this this was a setup that we used on the Subaru and we went to uh, we went to Wyoming and back and we did a bunch of other stuff with the Subaru uh, with this setup here and it did phenomenal because most of the time we were on road.
0: Did we do Arizona with this one too? This tire or different tire? No, we
2: had uh, the General Grabber AT2s for Arizona. Why'd you switch? I switched because I really like these gold braid wheels, and I
0: wanted to put. <laughs> that's right, and they were there was different remember... size
2: wheel than the ones that were that the general grabbers were mounted to, so I had to get different tires.
0: Well, and I remember being like, "Jim, why'd you do that?" Because I like the AT2s because they're a little bit more of a they were more a little more aggressive looking. tire, and you wanted the shiny you bronze the way, wheel. You
2: liked the way that the general grabber AT2s looked. Let's be honest, which is totally valid. Yeah, and then part I... of the,
1: the the discussion too, right? And the consideration is. People take a lot of pride in their vehicles, so they want it to look cool, too. So, I mean, there are definitely certain
0: tires that look cooler than others. The I don't, well, I don't th- love for,
2: AT tires that look really benign and boring. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I would say, look
0: when I look at these, I would say for an AT, like, I think they performed great, right? Yeah. But, like, as far as, like, a... You know, aggressive tread pattern. I would call this like a moderate AT. Would that be is that accurate at all, or is that I inaccurate? So. You guys look at a lot more it's, tires. It's than mark that accurate. Yeah,
2: yeah, mark more mark <laughs> accurate.
1: Okay, so that's a new phrase.
0: I mean, I don't have a better better way of
1: explaining it. I don't know that there's sub categorizations within a category per se. It'll right. kind of come out in the um, the performance data on on how it does in the different uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. So. I'd say
2: from just the eyeball test there's less space between the lugs mm-hmm. on this tire than there were on the general Grabber at 2 The lugs are also smaller and higher in number. Hm. So there's smaller lugs, there's less space between them. So they're more tightly compact mm-hmm. and there's more sipes mm-hmm. on this as well, which, you know, could help you in rain and snow. And so that's, that would lead my eyeball to believe that this is probably a little bit more of like a road oriented one mm-hmm. than the, than that tire. But I mean, that's, i don't know rob what do you think
1: yeah i i agree and if you look at kind of how this tread pattern is set up it's it's really set up to get everything out of the the outside of the the wheel with respect to the the uh, water and the uh the snow that you had mentioned um and yeah as you're all the things you said are correct so yeah this i would say is definitely more oriented to being a over the road at tire versus a off-road at tire if Mm -hmm. that makes sense
0: one thing that surprised me because when I was, I was like, "Oh, an AT—that's going to be good for like, you know, that's my—it's my—it's my, it's my, it's my dual. It's my street tire. It's my commuting tire. It's my uh, mud tire, and it's also like my winter snow tire. Because I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to clear snow. It's got the larger tread. And and then what was surprising to me though is like that's not necessarily ki- the case. Maybe we talked about this, later, but like that's—I guess that's why we have snow tires because yeah. the compound is inherently as it, different as it gets colder, and just like a regular AT is like it gets harder right right Mm.
1: yeah and then so then what happens is all of these this cool design that went into this it doesn't work the same way because the tire does not does not flex and move the same way it was designed to at that within that operating temperature range. So yeah, that's why snow tires exist because right. there has not been a way. I've been thinking of a couple ways. of I've doing always been it, like, I don't, I don't need snow
2: tires. I got ATs. You mean like you've been engineering ways where you're like, maybe how, how you could I, tires? how could I
1: have a tire compound that could be adaptive to different environmental conditions? And I don't, I haven't come up with a way to do it in an economical way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I'm sure there are much smarter people that are working at tire companies that have already thought of this thing and it just hasn't found its way there. It's one of those one of those first order physics things where you just, you kind of got to play the hand that you're dealt. When you're making a material selection on compound, you've only got so much range that you can work in where it's going to stay in that um, kind of pliable uh, yeah. state uh, before it gets either super soft, if you're running a winter tire or snow tire in the in the spring or later spring, summer months, that's just, you're just going to wear that down super fast. And it's also not going to, you'd think, oh, well, maybe it's softer. So it's going to grip even better. Not really the case again, because that's not how the tread's designed. Yeah.
0: There's,
2: yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. It's the compounds, the tread design. I mean, a lot of times people, I, I used to think as just a armchair enthusiast, I'd look at the tread pattern and I was like, they pretty much just handed it over to some guy with an art degree, and, just and they asked him to make here. it look really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. and repeatable, you know. But there's so much technology and research and development that goes into the actual tread pattern. I mean, that's that's even mind-boggling stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. You you can't write tire companies off as just being like, you know, all they do is make these big rubber carcasses. There's so much technology and and engineering that goes into tires. It's yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable when.
1: When you really get into it, it's a it's a very complex kind of dynamic equation you're trying to solve because you've got all these different parameters that you want to design for, and all the different conditions, whether it's temperature, rain, snow, ice, whatever it is. And all the different vehicles. All the the different vehicles, load ratings, um, aspect ratios. I mean, you can go into kind of the the numbers on the that you see on the side of the tire, but it's like, yeah. You might have a, a tread pattern that works well for a certain width or a certain load rating, and then it's not going to be, you know, well-suited for, um, for others. Um, and then you got, like, how does it perform when there's stuff lodged in the, in the, uh, the tread blocks? How does it perform when um, it's un, unequally worn or unequally loaded? Um, there's just so much stuff that would go into it. You know, if I could go and do, like, an internship at a, uh, just for fun at a tire company, it would be fascinating to learn what i didn't know yeah even being a tire enthusiast like that goes into the design of it the or, first week or yeah, month or i mean all right
0: tire companies if you're looking for uh, free labor yeah, uh, contact just to display, i don't
1: have a lot of free cycle time right now yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah.
0: you volunteered yeah. <laughs> uh
2: but yeah and you know this is totally getting outside the realm of the uh, the off road and kind of hunting truck tires and stuff but you see this race teams and they use their tires to tune their car and their suspension and everything and they're actually individually taking the temperatures of the outside middle and inside of the tire to see kind of how, you know, maybe if they have to adjust camber or something in the vehicle or they have to adjust tire pressure and tire pressures in and of themselves. And there's varying ones that perform best with your vehicle. It's they do a lot of work so that we can, as consumers, kind of buy them and slap them on and, yep, and fill get it them up to the work. pressure. And yeah, but go, when you when you kind of start to peel back that layer, that's that's where I start to appreciate. You know, oh, actually, no, I'm I'm not going to peel back too far. I'm I'm glad All right. somebody. of yeah, I'll leave that to the that for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things. So, like, uh, th- this is just kind of interesting. Getting into a little bit of the wheel and tire stuff as mm-hmm. well. And so I don't know. Maybe people are listening to this thinking like, "Well, just give me a recommendation on a wheel and tire," and I can't do that because of what we talked about. It's it's there is so much application specific. What vehicle do you have? You know, how, what are you going to do with? It? Are you towing? Are you doing all that stuff? But just to go into a few of the thought process processes behind the ones that I chose here. So like this one that went on the Subaru that we took to Wyoming. So this actually, if you're familiar with like with like some race car wheels and stuff, this wheel manufacturer is Braid, and they they make some pretty nice wheels. Um, they make a lot of wheels that go on race cars, rally cars, which are super cool, and you know, formula cars, road racing cars. Uh, they're known for making wheels in any different type of like a offset and stuff that you might need, which is is a whole different topic. And they make really really strong wheels. So these wheels are actually the type that would go on a rally car, which is fitting being on a Subaru. That's kind of I thought it was really neat. That's
1: Are these these forged aluminum? They are. yeah. yeah.
2: And so, we've oh, taken a
1: few uh, rally
2: classes, haven't you, Jim? Uh, I have at times, um, yes, and it is it is a lot of uh, a lot of fun. But anyway, so I had these wheels, and I was like, well, let's put them on the Subaru. Let's make it cool. It's it'll be fun, even though we are going to do the road thing and probably park in a parking lot. But because these are such strong wheels, uh, they make them particularly strong for rally cars. They don't necessarily go for the super lightweightness. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't want to sacrifice weight for uh, for strength, or you know, strength for weight, uh, whichever one. Uh, but anyway, so this actual setup here with the with the Yokohama Geolander ATs on it is is kind of a hefty setup considering the size. So it's a 75 R fifteen, which
1: Rob
0: hey maybe explain the numbers. Which Rob
1: yeah. So the first number two fifteen is two fifteen is the section width in millimeters. So that's basically how wide the tread patch area is. So okay. this right here. So if right you're watching here,
2: on YouTube, we kind of just yeah. Yep, if, if, there if you a looked bit. at the car from the back and you just measured you know, left to right, how wide the tire was. That's pretty much what that is. Yep. Uh, so 75 is the next number here. What's that?
1: So 75 uh, is what's called the aspect ratio, and that is the percentage of thickness of the sidewall relative to the width. Mm-hmm. So if you had a 215-100, that would mean that the sidewall was 100% of the, of the width of the tread patch.
2: So it's just as tall off of the off of the rim. Yep. It's just as tall to the edge of the tire as it is the tire right. width. Right. Okay. You
1: typically won't see that. That's pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on uh, like street cars. But just stuff. to take it to the to the limit, that's what that would mean. Yeah. So what what you what you see here with the 75 means that this tread height here or the sidewall height, excuse me, is 75 percent of the dimension of the this 215 tread width. Got it. So, um, so
2: multiply so, 215, which is millimeters, yep. by 75%. And that's yep. what you got. So,
1: the, basically, the, the, the thought here is, bigger the number, the taller the tire is going to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, more rubber. More rubber this way. And this that'll way. give you this generally, way. like, a more compliant, more comfortable, um, for the same, other you know, otherwise the same tire. If you have a, a tire, a taller sidewall, it'll be a little bit more comfortable of a ride. Yeah. Um, and then the last number here, R15, um, is just saying that this is a, a tire for a 15-inch diameter wheel. Right. So interesting mix of metric and standard units. It is uh, for reasons unknown, but that's what it is. And of
2: course, much like optics with MOA and Mrad, and like our linear measurements with inches and centimeters, and like other measurements with you know all sorts of different ways of measuring the same things. You can also find tires in like a 33 by 12 and a half by 15, which is a 33 inch tire and that's that's measuring basically ground to top of tire. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the 12 and a half, which is the width. Yeah, so it's just it's it's all over. But uh, I found actually on Tacoma World forum. I hey, i um, throw a bone to the Tacoma guy <laughs> on the Tacoma World forum. They've got a tire size calculator. Yeah, and it'll actually show you kind of what tires would look like side by side. You can mm-hmm. compare tire size. It's really nice. Yep. You just Google Tacoma World tire size calculator. But anyway, so back to this thing. So the wheel was decided, and then. You know, beyond that, we had to figure out a tire that could go on it. So I had to do some, uh, I had to do a little measurement and a little looking up on some forms as to what the Forester could fit. Now, this is also something you need to consider. I like on off-road cars,
0: I like a smaller wheel with a lot like fatter looking rubber from a side profile. I think it looks neat. You're going right into what I was wanting to talk about next. And actually my question with that, and maybe you're probably going to get into it right now, is like. Well, a lot of people choose tires or choose wheels. Like you know, you want your wheels to look good because you like them for this reason. And, and some people love a really big wheel, sure, and like a skinny small tire, or maybe maybe you're even forced into that smaller tire, a thinner sidewall, thinner yeah. sidewall, sometimes because you have that really big wheel. So what's optimal there? Say what you're going to say, and then maybe answer my question.
2: Well, so it's 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 my opinion on this. Aesthetics, first off. Okay. I like to see more rubber from a side view when I'm looking at more of like a, a, an off-road type vehicle. I do think that tends to be what you see most commonly on off-road vehicles. And I'm only going to be able to speculate because we live in Wisconsin. I don't get the chance to off-road a lot, like people out West, maybe Arizona, Utah, Nevada. I think that's what you see a lot because you tend to get a lot more of this really meaty sidewall. You're still getting a nice big tire, which can give you uh, a number of benefits. It can give you better ground clearance. It can give you better ability to go over large obstacles um, and stuff like that. Um, I also think it maybe has something to do when guys air down their tires. That's, a, that's me speculating. But hmm. I think that if you've got more sidewall, then you can air down your tires. And therefore, you kind of look at tires like feet. And think of feet like think – of, think of having your foot jammed into a little like track racing spike It's really just like, you know, uh, mushed in there. And then do you want to go rock climbing with that? Versus if you could have your feet basically be like bare feet. And, of course, you know, minus getting cut by rocks and stuff. But if you had like monkey feet and you could spread your feet out and grip onto stuff. Like if you've got all this sidewall and you can air your tires down and make this huge contact patch that can kind of undulate over obstacles. I think that that Mm -hmm. helps. That's kind of at least mine. That might be
1: like a a fun follow-on topic if we did like any interest in this it's like yeah we could do like a next level yeah, like, like a tire design level. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still gonna stick tire
2: 101 here but uh, but anyway so it's you know for me and what we're doing it's kind of aesthetics but funny enough so going to a 15 inch tire or wheel on the Subaru we had to actually go down in size in brakes which is weird but we actually increased power so I'll, I'll get into that because uh, you need to consider, based on what wheel you choose, it's got to be able to clear your brake calipers and other suspension components. Because you're probably going to have ball joints and you're going to have calipers and brackets and your your disc uh, uh, rotors and things like that. It's all inside of your wheel. And so your wheel has to fit around that. And so, funny enough, you know, like here's a little 12-inch wheel. All's got to fit inside of this, this space here. Right. Yep. And so, yeah, that's a little 12-inch wheel off of a Datsun, which has, you know, the whole car is 1,700 pounds. But um, So, anyways, the front brakes on the Subaru Forester, the stock ones, they're these big um, kind of floating caliper design. They're big old honking things. Usually, you have to go down to a 16-inch. Really wanted to run these wheels. I had a set. This is kind of a, you know, I guess not everybody is able to say this, but I had a set of... Subaru STI, like WRX STI, front brake calipers, laying around. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we just swapped them. I tripped over. The mounts were the the same. Yeah, exactly. So we swapped the fronts, and then these wheels were able to slip right over those. So anyways, that's what we did. And uh, and lo and behold, this setup worked, and we did actually get a little bit better brake performance on the front, thanks to that. But it was a bit hefty. Now, kind of getting into, I don't know, Robin, do you have any comments, too, about that? open to the floor if you don't i just
1: on just like the wheel size and, yeah, and just kind of this setup this setup. is like
2: a, this was you know i figured again mostly on road a little bit of off-road kind of going for aesthetics you know this is just the setup for our hunt rig in that particular application
1: yeah maybe the only thing to add is if you look at the overall uh weight of the wheel and tire assembly uh, or combination if you're able to drop weight on that whole setup, so as an example, you, you mentioned that these uh, braid wheels are heavy mm-hmm. because you, you want that durable, you want that impact resistance and whatever that these were designed for from a rally standpoint. If you're able to go, like, let's say you can trade off some strength as an example. You can go to a lighter weight wheel. That will pay dividends in a few different ways. Um, one is it on acceleration and braking because you have less rotational mass that you need mm-hmm. to stop. Yeah. Um, and then another is just on kind of uh, turn response. Um, so, this is that's probably more of a thing for on road or on track driving than it is necessarily for off road. Um, but those are those are things to consider. You'll get uh, probably an improvement on uh, fuel economy as well with a uh, lower uh, rotating mass. But that so that's something kind of universally beneficial. Yeah. Um, so, things to consider there. Yeah. Little bit better ride quality with less unsprung mass, I've found the, you know that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I think that that is maybe more of a placebo effect than it is actual something. because um, if you look at again, kind of like the free sugar pills, Jim, the free body yeah. diagram of your um car to the, the ground, assuming that the tire, the wheel and tire never leaves the ground, mm-hmm. um, which we'll just make that assumption that that's that's correct. Really, the thing that's were you uh,
0: were you driving with Jim in Arizona? <laughs> The car left the ground. It was not.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good story. But in, in any event, I think the there may be some small improvement on ride quality, but I think it's largely perceived with a lighter weight wheel uh, and tire setup. It's really going to be on your suspension setup that's connecting the body of the vehicle to the wheel and tire again because that wheel and tire is, is mm. connected to the uh, – the ground i do think that the two have a, a
2: correlation like your suspension and your your particularly your dampers your shock absorbers and the tire and weight and things and actually and it's possible well it's possible that you're being polite and you're saying that is absolutely true and this isn't even an argument at all but like Because I've seen sometimes in cases where people put on these big old meaty bad boys on their car, right? And they don't do anything at all to the suspension. They got these old worn out shocks and things. Right. And maybe in this case, the wheel is slightly leaving the pavement. Eventually, it does wind up because you get what we we referred to earlier as this cupping. This happened to me as a high school kid with a Jeep Wrangler and 33-inch tires that had no business being on that car. Yeah. Now, 33-inch tires find themselves on Jeeps all the time. I had a, a 99 Jeep Wrangler TJ Uh, that's kind of the chassis, uh, destination, but 33 inch tires on those things all the time. My setup was not very good. And what we had found after doing a little bit of, a little bit of research into it. And I was doing this research with somebody who knew far more than I did as a high school kid, but was that essentially the shock absorbers were doing a very good job keeping up with all that giant heft and weight out there. And of course I'd probably had geometry change with like low offset wheels and they pushed the tires way out there too, which didn't help. But the wheels eventually were skipping, like, as I go down the road. And, of course, as they did that, each time they hit the ground, they would kind of chuff a little bit of the yeah, a, of yeah. rubber off. And so they were wearing in, a, in this fashion that looks a bit like, if you saw the big lugs on the side, they kind of looked like they were getting scalloped out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then,
2: of course, that worsened itself over time. And, again, the shock absorbers couldn't keep up. And so the, the tires were sort of probably microscopically skipping down the road and just mm-hmm. wearing themselves away. And I did wonder sometimes if that was because I had this just big honking setup, and I didn't do anything at the time to the to the suspension. It's, yeah,
1: that's interesting. That
2: of course, be, there's alignment too that could have been
1: yeah play. Well, so like uh, I've seen similar things happen. So my old Buell Blast motorcycle that I had it was my first first motorcycle. I did a bunch of work to it, so it, it didn't happen on mine, but on on the factory bikes, um, because there was no compensator on the um, on the rear sprocket at all. Basically, and it was just a single cylinder. Uh, it's like a half of a Sportster motor. There's essentially these micro pulses that had, um, from the engine, through the transmission, that had no way of essentially smoothing themselves out. So you'd have this micro stutter event that would happen on those hmm. tires, and it would cause them to wear prematurely. And wow. in a very um, odd fashion, too. Yeah, sure, yeah, like exactly. Like, Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah. So that is interesting. That might be a fun thing to go through the... Uh, Again, if there's interest on in kind of going through the, the uh, free body diagram on kind of what the whole vehicle system looks like, right. that, that might be like a dozen or so people out there that are interested in seeing <laughs> that, but it might be fun uh, later on or offline for us to do that.
2: Yeah. But uh, but going over to the big mud terrain tires that I have over here, now this is actually, and people can totally give me crap for this, because this is on a Toyota Hilux, a right hand drive, which is essentially like a Japanese Tacoma, but... But that kind of makes it even cooler, right? But it's right? got, it's got the heavy-duty, fully-boxed-in frame. It's not mm. that little U-channel, little sheet metal frame like the Tacoma hat. Anyways, no, you guys can give me crap for that. It's fine. But in this case, that car is very underpowered. I don't have one of the cool diesel ones. I got one of the little gasser ones. Very underpowered. You got to wring the thing's neck to actually get anything out of it. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go up to these big mud-terrain tires. And I was going bigger uh, than the stock setup, which is a whole conversation in and of itself. But, of course, you go to a bigger tire. If you think of the tire as a lever, you're making the lever all the way at the outside a lot longer. So, Rob, I'm sure you know the science behind this. But basically, uh, then that requires, in order to get moving, it requires more force. Yep. Right? Yeah, you're spot on. Yep. Grin, and I would suppose it maintains momentum maybe better.
1: Yeah, it would. You probably have a little bit better angular momentum, but then again, you're going to have you're going to pay for it on the back end with braking, right? So if you maybe have more, I guess, freewheeling momentum if you're coasting, but then when you want to brake, the brakes have to work harder because sure. you got again that longer lever to work against you. Sure. Because your your brake's still the same size, right? Exactly. Yeah, and they're they're
2: not. Great. Now, now that I've done this, but I did try to go. So what I did was I looked for the, I looked for the lightest weight setup that I could find of mud for, tires and, and wheel. Okay. And okay, so, sure. uh, conveniently Toyota pretty much because they're still making the same truck now they were making 30 years ago. Um, they haven't changed the wheel bolt pattern for it to go onto the lugs. Nice. Uh, and they haven't changed a whole lot of other stuff, even the hub size. So I could buy wheels and tires that were designed for a 2021 TRD Pro mm. Tacoma and mm-hmm. I could slap them on a 1990 whatever Hilux. So anyway, I looked for the lightest weight ones possible. These are Motegi Trail Light wheels. I think that they're probably like these are a these are a big old, if they're not if they're not forged, they're definitely like flow formed or something nice like that. Mm-hmm. These are a big old hefty strong rally wheel. These all they have to do is basically, you know, take me around a farm. They're probably cast, mm-hmm. but they're like 21 pounds for a 16 inch off road wheel, which mm-hmm. is pretty light. I mean, you won't yeah, find for any other yeah, yeah. Uh, wheel in the category that light. I, I couldn't. And then the, the evolution, these are Cooper Evolution MTs, and they're a mud and snow tire. They were lighter by every other mud terrain or than every other mud terrain, I, I think the next closest was 10 pounds heavier. That's a tire. lot. So those are like 48-pound tires. Yeah. So all together, that wheel and tire combo, which seems really heavy, but again, when you compare it, this is the lightest possible combo that I could find at like 69.5 pounds per corner. Yeah. And so anyways, I was like trying to just give my little, you know, this little underpowered Toyota as much grace as I could by going as light as possible. And it's actually proven to be okay. Like my braking isn't as good as it once was. My ride quality I found to be just as good, if not better. And uh, in overall, the gas mileage I haven't really even noticed actually surprisingly a huge difference in. But that was kind of the thinking behind that. I'm guessing because this tire is so much lighter weight than anything else out there, it's probably got a thinner sidewall.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, or something. Yeah, thinner hmm. thinner sidewall or just overall um, less steel bands in it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, without taking it off and and looking at it, it'll be well. Actually, without cutting a cross section of it or finding a cross section, would be tough to tell. But yeah, those things would. All seem to make sense. Oh, thanks for getting that rock out of there, Mark. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, you know, in the end, for what I've I've asked it to do, and I've already asked it to do a lot, it's really not that old. But, I mean, I haven't gotten any punctures in it or anything. And, you know, we're in Wisconsin, so I'm not rock crawling it. I'm mostly going through grass and mud and weeds and snow, which isn't particularly pokey. You get some sticks out there, though, and stuff like big, that. Yeah, you get you some know. sticks and stumps and, you know, that sort of thing. Or you get the, of course, occasional thing that a farmer left in a field many many years <laughs> yeah. ago. Yep. But I luckily haven't found any of that. But that was, I just figured if we could give a little bit of, a, of an idea. Again, it's not, this isn't the podcast to give people specific recommendations on, you know, like, get this tire. But mm-hmm. those are just a few reasonings behind some wheel and tire setups. Going bigger, like, and everybody always wants to go, like, yeah, I'm, what's the max size tire I can throw on this on this truck? Right. You know? And a lot of times they'll want to know, like, without lifting it or, mm-hmm. like, with only, like, a one or two inch lift.
0: Oh thanks for getting to my next two questions actually, Jim.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Rob, have you have you I know you're kind of more into like the you know, road cars and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. you did thankfully do some research on off road tires for us prior to this, but like what do you think about when people start messing with the the size and things of, of tires, uh and and even the wheels changing things like, you know, offsets and backspacing and mm-hmm. size of wheels yeah. and all that. Like what what do you think about that?
1: I think I think you, I mean, it's your car and generally speaking, as long as you understand kind of the trade-offs that you're making, you'll probably be okay. What you'll find is depending on who you're taking your wheel and tires to to get mounted, they won't mount them. So some some places have like a specific deviation from OEM standard that they'll allow for you Mm. to run a different wheel and tire size in order to still be within kind of an acceptable margin of error so that you have accuracy on all the things that are important when it comes off of the production line without getting into too much specifics there. So, so that's important from an overall diameter size uh, or diameter standpoint for, for the, the wheel assembly, for the tire, essentially. Um, when you get into different things like offsets, backspacings, uh, widths, things like that, just the things to understand there is that's probably going to change how your car or truck drives Um, it's going to change where the center of gravity resides on the wheel and tire uh, and kind of on the sole suspension assembly so depending on what you're trying to do it might be beneficial if you're trying to go for a a specific look on your vehicle that's all good too just understand there's probably going to be some driving uh, performance trade-offs that you're making for those aesthetics Mm -hmm. like I'll see guys that run super deep wheels and they look awesome you know you can almost sit like on the inside of some of them like some older muscle cars or some trucks will even run really deep dish wheels and um, that's fine you're just essentially if you if you don't have the offset of the wheel so basically um, where the the wheel hub is or where the wheel is bolting to the hub on the on the vehicle if that's not also properly taken into account you're going to have a lot more poke for your wheels or for your tires sticking out so they'll be outside of your fenders which can Be problematic for like throwing debris at other cars or just uh, can get you pulled over, can get you pulled over. Um, if you have a really bad, <laughs> um, if you have a really bad uh situation and you don't have enough suspension travel paired with that, uh, you can basically just wipe out your whole fender of your vehicle. I've seen that happen, that's a real treat, uh, for people to, to fix for, that like, one. Pump stops or something that are properly, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, all that stuff is it's just kind of like as long as you know what you're getting into, generally, you'll be okay. But you got to understand kind of what the, I guess, consequences legally, performance wise, aesthetically are for kind of doing those sorts of things. safety. Safety, yeah. Safety is a big one. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things, too. I think back to the, I think the first podcast I was on, I recommended that people take a look at their tires. And it was like, yeah. You know, it's like, check, your tread, check your tread depth, man. And, uh, it's important, especially once you get into more adverse driving conditions. I mean, hydroplaning is not fun. I've had that. Ha- that's Mm-mm. happened to me one time. That's no bueno. And then just driving in the Midwest up here, you get into some, some gnarly snow events um, or ice events, and it's like, you know, you lose control of a several thousand pound hunk of steel all of a sudden, and uh, it can get pretty pretty sketchy. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, tires are like, again, not a very sexy topic, but super important, and um uh, for me, enjoyable one, and you can really just have a, a very nice driving experience by having a good tire and and you're safe on yeah. uh, doing it too. So and and have better performance. So I'd say what I've what I've found is that
2: generally speaking, again, for the use case that most people find themselves in for a hunt rig, your truck as it came from the factory is probably capable of handling it. Let's say you've got you know a four wheel drive pickup is probably capable of handling it. Maybe sands the tires because maybe they're more street-oriented tires. And even then, you know, you got to evaluate, okay, am I just going to drive down a gravel road and park in a parking space? In which case, you're probably fine altogether. You don't even need to change anything unless you want to change for aesthetics and all that stuff, personal preference. But if you're strictly speaking like, I'm worried I won't have the performance, then at least upping to like an all-terrain. And they probably make an all-terrain in either the same tire size that you currently have Mm -hmm. or, or... the truck that you got came with a mild off-road package, so to speak, which mm-hmm. basically just kind of had like an off-road tire, which which, if it's any different in size, is is got to be very marginal a- at all, unless you're talking about like, okay, I have a, a base, base, base to- Toyota Tacoma, and I'm going to like try and put the TRD Pro that's $35,000 more. I'm going to try and put all that stuff on it. But that's what I found. Like, it, it, You should, if you go to just to an all-terrain tire in a similar size, you should be able to tackle whatever you're trying to tackle. But if you start going bigger, and this is what I kind of what I'm getting at. I've seen too many people make a lot of, they're really trying to save money ultimately. They've got a tire in mind and they've got a look in mind that they want to achieve because they're like, yeah, I want big old tires, man. And then they start doing all these uh, these kind of like cheap tricks to make that work. And then in reality, they've kind of got the look, but everything else had to suffer for it. And, you know, again, if that's your personal preference and you're going for an aesthetic, then great. I won't stop you at all. But if you are that guy who's really genuinely concerned about performance, like, just in, like, your truck will probably get it done as is with maybe a mild upgrade in tire. You don't need to go bigger. Because, yeah, otherwise, once you start doing, like, hockey puck spacers and you're doing, you know, like like cheap ebay spacers on the wheels to poke them out further and you're you know you're doing all these weird lifts you know you're you're doing body lifts and stuff like that you're just doing to try and squeeze these tires in and then and then every time you go at full lock with your turning you're rubbing your tires on the fenders or you're rubbing them on something else important you hear all that you know when you try and turn in a parking (laughs) lot Mm -hmm. uh or worse when you're off road and then your suspension goes into like you know, it goes into droop or it goes into bump, where your wheels are kind of up, and then you're trying to turn at the same time, and you're just shredding your fender liner. Like, yeah, you're just causing more headache for yourself than you need to. And again, if if performance and just getting where you need to go is your primary concern, I don't think I would, I'd go through all that.
0: But it looks good, right? You know, it can
2: look really yeah. good. I've seen some really good looking trucks that, when you actually look underneath, you're like that's not going to get anywhere <laughs> uh, yeah but there is there is a whole lot of stuff that goes into uh into off-roading you know there's people who know far more about off-roading than i mean you know than any i mean i probably haven't even met them they've forgotten more than i know but you know you can you can get into all of it i don't know if people want us to or if they want a two, 200 level thing on tires specifically or if you know you start getting into like suspension and you know differentials and locking this and that and all that stuff is kind of interesting but
0: yeah for sure i'd say let us know i mean i'm intrigued by tires you know i mean rob you kind of like oh it's not a sexy topic i don't know man like People spend an awful lot of time, put a lot of thought into their tires and how their tires look and how their tires yeah. perform. Yeah. I, I think it is a pretty sexy topic, actually. I
1: suppose. So when you put it that way, yeah. It does. It can re- really change how your vehicle looks, and that's sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I've come full circle on my position, or 180 on my position. Tires are so hot Cabot. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Rob, if you were gonna get uh if you were gonna get an off road rig or a, a four wheel drive rig of some sort to take hunting mm-hmm. and you were, you know, gonna outfit it with some neat Well, first off, what would it be? I don't know maybe you actually have that, I'm not sure, but what would it be and then, you know, like what kind of tires are we talking?
1: you know i've been pretty happy with bf goodrich and kind of their tread design and and things like that so the the models that you mentioned would probably be what i'd go with um and i'd probably go with something that'd be a lighter on the lighter wheel side um i wouldn't be doing anything that would be super aggressive from like an impact standpoint or anything like that so i'd want to have a little bit more available torque with a a, just a lighter wheel wheel and tire setup but then yeah those bfgs have been pretty good um from from what I've researched and, and looked into on, on probably what I would go with. They are
2: pretty, pretty baller tires. For me. Yeah. And they look great too. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's that element of it, right? What, what
2: would they be on for you? Like what vehicle? I'm not really sure. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Sorry.
1: No, it's like, it's a very personal topic. No. <laughs> um,
2: I, I don't know. I have to
1: think about that a little bit more.
2: I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mark's got his his tund- tundi is what I, I've noticed you call it. Is that what is that kind of like what tundra enthusiasts call it? It would I make sense know. to me.
0: Tundi. maybe, maybe not. Maybe I just said it. Maybe somebody said it to me. and It stuck. I don't know, but or, I like it. I've been to, like I loved my one fifty as much as everybody in the social yeah, media department that tried while, right? mm-hmm. to sell it. I loved my one fifty. I loved the one fifty that I had before it. I still think they're fantastic. I really like the way they look. I just a little change of pace. Got the tundra or the. Sure. The, the Tundi, affectionately. Sure. And I do like it, man. I like that that V8. It's got, you know, I mean, we talk nice about purr. looks. Uh, that
2: thing sounds good. It it does have a nice, I do like the sound of Tundras. It's
0: got a little, you know, you step on it. The it, amount of times my ears it.
2: have perked up to a car starting in a parking lot only to find that it's like just a Tundra. Yeah, just a Tundra. A, yeah, like, just a tundra. <laughs> that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. What you you got called out once though in a spaghetti shootout? I recall Ryan specifically calling out your golf my golf cart, cart tires. tires. That's
0: right. It came with, and I just you know like I bought the truck, so it came with tires. I'm like ah, those are good enough, you know. But mm-hmm. it, it really is a it deserves better. See, I know that you won't go with
2: the with the yokies. I'll call them. Yeah. Uh, you won't go with those because they don't look aggressive enough.
0: If I was gonna if I was gonna pick general, right now, either the the general. Grabber AT2s yeah. or the uh, BFG KO2s? They're the ATX now, I think. The general grabbers. Okay, the ATX. I think as that's of right, now, they've they got like, the ATX, and yeah. that's a that's a sexy looking tire. So those would like. be the kind of the two that yeah. I'd pick between. And well, we ha- what? we have proven that generals can jump, and they can jump, <laughs> which is that's that's my barometer. Will it jump? That is the question. <laughs> 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 what kind?
1: Of, how how big of a of a gap did you guys generate there? Well, the front wheels
2: definitely had a bigger
1: gap than the back wheels. Like, okay. we'll just
2: clear that up. But yeah. I'd say the front wheels
1: got a good, talking like six inches, eighteen we were, inches. I think we were like between right,
2: six like and eight foot? inches off the ground. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's yeah, somewhere. All right. I can what picture. is that? I'm oh. I actually to have a good judgment. Which well, that was about a foot. and I said six inches. <laughs>
0: oh, I bet you had. I bet you had a foot. Maybe, like, yeah. Okay, I mean, you look at the happen. picture. It's the front end is. it's yeah. up, it's up there. there. Yeah, it's up. there. All I can think about is Napoleon Dynamite. He's like did you go like whatever like three feet air, three feet right. air. <laughs> uh,
1: should recreate that with uh, that skit with uh, well, let's like the let's do it uh, Hilux or something we should like Mark's just standing outside <laughs> his, his house sweet little ramp <laughs> northern yeah. Utah just staring
2: and
0: yeah and then we'll take a block out of the middle of the ramp and send him at it and bam oh. and with that have we covered everything in our 101 tires I think do you so. want to hear Rob, 200 level anything? Yeah,
1: I don't think so. Uh, I will give a shout out for um, all weather tires. It's kind of a new category that I have been more of a fan of lately, specifically for folks that don't want to run a dedicated summer and winter setup. Those, if you know, remember I was talking about all season tires at the yeah. beginning here. Mm, yeah, and those are skewed more towards warmer climates. You're off the all season. You're on the all weather. All weather, skewed a little bit more towards the colder weather, but have no problem running into the warmer summer months. Just aren't as good of a performance standpoint. A little bit faster wear, but pretty good uh, tread wear warranties on those as well. So that's something to look at. But what's nice with those all weathers is you get at least for just kind of a normal over the road tire, they're really nice. Um, from a ride, comfort, noise, traction, and wet and dry, pretty good. Yeah. But they've got that, that three peaks uh, winter rating, um, which is really nice. And so I've run those for three winters now. And comparing them to dedicated winter tires that I've run on the same vehicle— They've done. They've performed maybe about 80% as well as a dedicated set of winter tires, but yeah. then you don't have to, to have the second set of wheels and tires or you don't have to take them somewhere and get them swapped on the same week, you know, take your summers and winters and get them swapped. So that's just kind of, I guess, a notable mention. If you find something, you're primarily just going to be on-road uh, I've been really uh, pleasantly nice. surprised with those all-weather tires that have come out.
2: I bet they get better gas mileage, or your car gets better gas mileage with those, too. Or with you, maybe EV mileage. But anyway, yep. but then dedicated winters. Because dedicated winters are usually kind of heavy carcass. Yeah. And, and then uh, most of the winter, the roads are cleared. It's just cold as heck.
1: Exactly. And that's kind of the thing I, I, I found myself uh, thinking about a lot was, man, these winter tires are awesome, when there's six, eight inches of snow on the ground, I need to get through, but I'm, I'm giving up a lot of dry breaking in the cold with these mm. compared to an all weather tire or some of the specific all season tires that are skewed more towards that colder temperature rating, which I think just inherently bled or migrated into this all weather category. So, um, so fun fact for those out there that are, are looking for more of a over the road tire, the all weathers are nice. I've been happy with those. I just put a set of those on my wife's uh, Atlas and a set of those on my car, too. So
0: Very nice. Yeah. That is a fun fact. Cool, man. I like it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> I like to cover in that three peaks rating, too. I, I don't know if we hit on that yet or not. We so. also
2: didn't get into treadwear warranties, which is kind of an interesting wormhole. To, oh, yeah. But, I was know. doing
0: a little reading on that, too, because, like, in some ways it's good, but in some ways it's, well, then you, like, it's like some... if you're, like, particularly if you're looking for, like, Like a like a mud terrain or something like that. Like, what are you are you sacrificing performance for longevity?
1: There's two different
0: things. There's the
1: treadwear rating, which is generally like A double A triple A, right? Or you've got and then you've got the treadwear warranty, which is what the manufacturer is going to prorate you on the next set if you wear through them faster than what they're warrantied for. And that
2: even has caveats with it though, because if you go through making a bunch of other modifications that would actually then. Cause accelerated tire wear, or something else you've encountered would cause accelerated tire wear, you can run into issues, right?
1: Yeah, it it largely depends on who you're having install your tires and then the manufacturer. And so there's some discretion there. I'm not going to plug any specific tire shop on the podcast unless you'd really want me to, but I've had really good luck going to. to a place over the, and it's a, it's a bigger company over the past 10 years. And they've been really good with honoring a tread wear warranty or just any of their like road hazard stuff mm, that's yes. happened. And I was like, I remember the first time I went in there and I had like all of my paperwork, all my records that You're I've been keeping. The like, here's when I changed my tires, like, cause I was rotating them on my own. It's like, here's the pattern that I did. here's the mileage. Like here's what the tread depth was at this point in time. It was like, I came in with a proverbial binder and the guy's like, "Oh, did you buy the tire here?" And I was like, "Yep." He's like, "Okay, well, it'll be twelve bucks for a new tire." <laughs> I was like, "What? I did all this work." I was, I was like, "You like you you don't need to check on like all my math and like all this stuff." He's like, "No, nah, nope, just uh, you know, give me the key and you know here's the you know here's the charge for it, here's the disposal fee, and because you bought the the warranty on it, you know the replacement is free." Huh, that's and, nice. Uh, if you want, it, you know, and then he's like, "If you want a warranty on this next one, it was like." it was like 32 dollars or whatever it ended up being so i was like yeah yeah i'd probably do that that's yeah, cool that's, that's so i think nice. it was like 48 bucks out the door or whatever at that point you like want him to check your work but like I, my I, life's work.
0: but i worked so hard yeah
1: yeah and he saw he saw me like holding the, the the thing or he saw me he saw me holding all the the notes and the paper that i had and uh, i was like so you don't need this at all huh? and he's like nope it's like you you know you've you've come here enough for for stuff and it's like yeah you're good that's well because i'm sure i'm sure that's, that's, so that's nice.
0: exactly what he wanted to do was go through your binder of uh tire care and uh yeah i suppose maybe it's just like yeah this guy's gonna be a handful to deal with him. with all of his I trust uh, paperwork i, I trust so. your math yeah <laughs> i got this i got the same thing too right uh, uh, yeah, yeah. En- <laughs> right yeah. we got an engineer here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very nice well awesome rob all well right. thank you well thanks for having me on it was fun yeah as we as we alluded to of if somebody is as interested in tires as as you are rob a tire enthusiast if you want to hear more about tires if you want that two or three hundred level tire podcast where we get even into, into even more stuff because it feels like every time we try to wrap this up we think of like one more tire yeah, thing we to stop cover that. so uh let us know and uh yeah let me know what uh i think i'm gonna go with a set of ats let me know which ones i should get comment below why not all right thanks bye everybody. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, give us a review, or leave a comment. We want to hear what you have to say. If you have a question or topic suggestion, let us know that as well via the Vortex Nation podcast YouTube page or any of Vortex's social platforms. That helps us cover exactly what you want to hear so we can provide the best information to help you with your hunting, shooting, and related activities, and ultimately enjoy them to their fullest potential. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.